believer that will never be shaken from your faith in God. Are you kind are you the kind of believer that will never be shaken from your faith in God? And on the other hand, do you have that faith? Do you have that faith in God because that's what we need to have. I don't care what age you are. As long as you can think and believe, you must believe in faith, dream in faith, do everything in faith. And you see the wonders of God working around you to take you to places you've never been before. Are we the type of Christians who trust in God for everything despite what the world is offering us? We must never get to a point in our lives that we begin to sell our souls to Satan just for demonic wealth. Let's never get to that point. Now, I want us to look at the scripture in, in Matthew 16 verse 26. Matthew 16 and in verse 26. And Jesus was speaking. Jesus was speaking. He said, What good will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus is asking a question and I want you to understand that word for faith is to experience detriment. To, to experience failure and, and breaking and, and to experience a point where you are damaging your spirit man. Because you've got to damage your spirit man in order to gain the, the, the access of what the kingdom of darkness wants you to do. I was trying to get the names, but I, I, I don't know. I know there's Tigoloshi and, and I know there's, there's something, but some of them are called Obaba or something like that. Yeah, Obaba. Ne? And, and those Obaba work for you and they, and they do stuff, but they've, they've got demands because you've got to sell your spirit to them so that they, they connect with you and, and they can relate and they talk to you and, and they speak to you and you hear them. So, so you sell your soul, you take it out of the realm of Christianity, you take it out of the realm of the Lord and, and do what the kingdom of darkness wants you to do. And, and, this, and this witch doctor is trying to, 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 to make it look like it's right. He says that, no, no, these things are are God made and, and, and what he's saying is that remember that Satan was thrown out of heaven with many demonic things so they're roaming the earth and they're there and, and the witches doctors can connect to them they're not God made they were sent out of heaven because they were not fit to be in heaven and, and people are connecting to them. So I want to tell the young kids and everybody else that do not, do not envy people driving big cars because you don't know where they are coming from. Do not envy people with big homes and big houses and think that I want to find out how because you discover things and they'll teach you things that are not right and you live a life that is miserable until you die. Follow the things of God and see how God will promote you and you can sleep peacefully. When you earn your wages and your money, you know that, wow, God, I, I worked for it. And, and it's God who's making me receive what I deserve for my life. It's so, it's so easy to sleep and, and this thing brings you money. 
75,000 rains a day, Kwanza. Yeah. Just just it comes and gives me 75,000 rains a day and I got 75,000 rains a day. Wow. But I can't sleep. Because he's going to come at night and say, Kwanza, I want your brother. If you want the 75, I want your brother. So if you have no heart, you sacrifice everything you love just for that 75,000 that you will leave when you die. And when you die, when you get to heaven, the doors are closed. And yet he says, the wealth that I give you is no sorrow. It gives you joy. It gives you life. So, so what, what does it, what does it, what Jesus is asking, what good would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his world, his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? So he's asking that, what can you really give in exchange for your spirit? Can you, can you really sell your spirit, man? Because I want to speak to you through your spirit, man. I want to direct you through your spirit, man. I want to take you to places you've never been through your spirit, man. So your spirit, man, is very important. Don't sell it. Don't poison it. But grow it up in the word of God. Fill it up in the word of God. Trust in me and I'll show you wonders. That word soul is the Greek word "pushe," uh, which means spirit. So he's talking about the spirit of a man. And, and you know Paul, when Paul was destroying the Christians, fighting the street Christians because he was assigned with demonic powers to do demonic things to the kingdom of God in the time of Paul. And, and God said, no, I'm, I'm going to touch this person. I'm going I'm to get hold of him. So let's see what happens in Acts, Acts chapter 26 and in verse 17. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but I want to just take this caption. In Acts 26 and in verse 17. And God is speaking to him and he says, Paul, you are with the wrong people. You're, you're working for the wrong people. But I am going to rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them. Verse 18. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness into light and from the powers of Satan to God. I, wanna, I want you to turn them from the power of Satan to God so that they, they may receive forgiveness of sin and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So, so, so God does, wants to save people who are Waking in the powers, <coughs> excuse me, in the powers of Satan, <coughs> powers of Satan. God wants to move people who are waking in the powers of Satan. How can we then bring the powers of Satan into church? How can we then show the people the powers of Satan? So, 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 so. I learned a lot and I go to churches and I see things and I pray and I say, God, show me. Show me. And I realize in one church, because when people leave demonic churches and see God for real, they begin to speak about what was happening, where they were. 
And, and, and this one person who's very close to us was telling us, because he was saving a pastor, and we used to tell him that, you know, we don't think, because it's very hard to tell somebody, your pastor is not right, and we've got no right to judge another man of God. And it was very difficult, and we always pray to say, God, open his eyes. That's the best we could do. God, open his eyes, open his eyes. Father, open his eyes, and boom, his eyes opened. And he came back in and, and he calls Pastor Susan, Auntie says, Auntie, why didn't you tell me? And, and Auntie Susan said, we, we couldn't tell you because we can't judge another man of God. We pray so that God opens your eyes. So he says he, he was, was, was the right hand man of that pastor. And, and he was telling us now that, that when they were laying hands on people and, 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 and they're saying, take it. It's not like they're blessing you with anointing. They're telling their things to take your blessings. And they'll say, take it and people fall and the thing they're receiving, but they're losing. Take it. Yes, I receive. And then they're taking your things away. And how can churches have the power of Satan in them? How can you let the power of Satan? God said, I want you, Paul, to, 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 to put people into the light, not darkness. And from the power of Satan, save them from the power of Satan. Save the children from the power of Satan. And, and that's our strategy. And that, that's our cry with Pastor Susan. That we will pray that God saves you from the powers of Satan. They mustn't work for you. They mustn't work against you. Because God is on your side. Satan is not your portion. God is your portion. And God will do the very thing you ask him to do. The power of Satan won't manifest in your homes. Because the devil is a liar. He has no power. He has been defeated already. And God will show up in your homes in his power and glory and you shall see the greatness of God in your lives you shall see the greatness of God in your lives so we say many streams of income father we are praying for people give them many streams of income so, so last night I'm, I'm trying to phone my, my pastor Joshua. I'm saying I wanted to find out what time we can get to church. And, and I know there's a little shading. So if we get there, we try and do things before people come. We don't want to disturb Pastor Tio when he does his, 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 his uh, intercession. So we want to be early. So he doesn't pick up his phone. And I'm saying, it's unlike Pastor Joshua not to pick the phone for me and stuff and he's not even retaining my call so this morning when i get there the first thing he comes is sorry pastor i saw you miss calls but guess what you said many streams of income i've got an extra job that i'm doing now that is bringing more income for me so i was at work and 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 i'm doing so so god is supplying needs god is opening doors so we can see his glory so how many of us can trust God because God is about to do amazing things for you. I'm telling you that the blessing that is coming on your table has no sorrow. The blessing that is coming on your table, oh, take, take, take the time, Pastor. Take, take the risk, Pastor Posh. Take, take, take the pressure, Pastor Posh. Take the, 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 the hardships. Take the failures. Take, take everything. Take it because Jesus or God is doing something for you and is teaching you to be you so that when your business is becoming bigger, you will exactly know how it is and how to get there because you're going to teach somebody else that they're going to go through the storms and the fire for them to get to where they're going because 
with God is going to give you trials and tribulations so he can check whether your faith is genuine because everything that God is about is about faith. It's about faith. So when you go through trials and tribulations, you're not failing. We're at school and we're being taught. So he says, to open their eyes, turn them from the darkness to light and from the powers of Satan to God. So there's two powers here. The power of Satan and the power of God. So I want them to leave the power of Satan and take the power of God. I want them to have the power of God. So we have an anointing and a calling for us to have this anointing in our life so that when we gather together there is the power of God so if you're not praying at home when we gather together we're dependent on one person and yet we should gather together every mist every stick has a head every stick has got its own power but every stick has a head so when that power is together, things happen. When that power is together, things... I'll tell you, when you're praying at home, and I pray at home, when we meet here at church, miracles are going to happen. Power is going to manifest. I told God, I said, God, I'm tired of a church that depends on a pastor. Why, 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 why should I say, let's have all night prayer? Why don't you do all night prayer? Why should I say let's meet on Wednesday? Why don't you meet on Wednesday? Why should it depend on a man for you to pray to God? One person was saying that he had a, a, a right-hand man who always, everywhere they went after the service or wherever they went to preach because he was, a, he was a, an evangelist. He, he will say to, to, the, to, 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 to him, I also want to be an evangelist. I also want to be an evangelist. I also, until he got tired, he said, why are you telling me? What do you expect me to do to say, okay, let me sit down, you take over. What do you want me to do? He says, be an evangelist. If that's what you want to do, be one. And, and he couldn't hear what the pastor was saying because I'm working with you. How can it be one when you're, when you're doing it? And, and he says, be, the, the, the workers are few. Go and see the field that is ready for you and take it over. And when he took over, he was on fire for God. And now you say, I got a, a father who taught me to be who I am. So, it's time that you rise up in the power of God. Now, we're praying every day that the power of God sets you up. See, the anointing that, that people have, see, the anointing that the people have, you know, no, I always listen to, to, to Lerato every, every Sunday. And I say, God, this anointing cannot go to waste. 
It, it must pull people together. There must be a place where she goes in a wall and people come in their numbers because of that anointing. And I declare because we're praying, I know God is going to do it one day. And sooner or later, stuff is going to happen. And, and that name shall be heard in the north, the south, and the east because God has anointed her for great things. And they're going to come to pass. Do we have faith in God? Do we have faith in God? Do we have faith in God? Can we pray and declare and see? I tell you, whatever you ask in the name of Jesus, it shall be given to you. Whatever you ask, are you asking? Are you asking? Because the minute you begin to ask, the minute troubles begin to come. Because Satan is, is hearing you. You're asking. I'm going to block your asking. My assignment is to block your asking. My assignment is to take away your faith. If I can break you down and you have no faith anymore, I'm winning. So, so when I find you in your brokenness and then I come as a Sangoma and I say, I can help you. And it's easy for you to turn and say, okay, I've tried over there. I Help me. Then they begin to tell you, I want your soul. You're not going to go to heaven anymore. I want your soul. You're coming me to hell. You're coming with me to the, to the hot fires. I want your soul. I want you to sell your soul to the devil. But we must be like Paul. We must be like Paul. Because Paul turned around in the chains. And now he is speaking to the Philippians. And I won't go to the scripture. Philippians 4.16. When he's beginning. Oh, oh, we claim it all the time. Now let's, let's put it on the board just for it. Philippians 4.19. 4, And it says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He is blessing the, the, the church of Philippi because they are supporting him in, in the work of God. And, and, and it says to them, I'm telling you that you, you are so small and, and, and you have nothing. And I've gone to churches that have a lot. But out of nothing, you guys are always giving and supporting the ministry. And I'm telling you that the God that I save and my God will meet all your needs. My God will meet all your needs. I want us to be like Paul and believe that prayer. That that God will meet all your needs. The same God he was teaching about the Philippines is the Philippian church is the same God we're worshiping right now. And that God will meet all your needs. He will meet all your needs. Don't depend on people, depend on God. God will meet all your needs. Pray and declare to him, God meet my needs and God will meet all your needs. Now that that word meet 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 M E E T not M E A T. That word meet all your needs. The word meet is a Greek word, uh, Greek word plero, P-L-E-R-O-O, plero. It means God will finish your needs. It means God is going to satisfy your needs. It means God is going to accomplish the things you desire. It means God is going to supply 
your needs. God is going to do all that for you. And I'm saying, the question I'm asking you this morning is, do you believe that? Have you got faith in your God? If you've got faith in the God, somebody shout a big hallelujah. I said you've got faith in the God, somebody shout a big hallelujah. God is going to do awesome things for us in the year that is coming. God is going to supply all our needs. God is going to do, why? Because we have to go to another level. And I'm challenging everyone in here that take a step up. If you're praying for an hour, take a step up. Give it two hours or three hours now. Step up everything about God in your life and take, to, take yourself to another level and see change coming into your life. We must have the spirit of David. Let's look at Psalm 28 verse 7. Psalm 28 verse 7. The Lord is my strength. That's what David said. And my shield. My heart trusts in him and I'm, I'm, and I'm helped. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks to him in a song. So, so he's writing a song. He's sitting somewhere. David was a songwriter, a psalmist. And he's sitting somewhere. And these are the words that come into his heart. And, and his, his, his spirit is filled with the power of God. His spirit is filled with the glory of God. His spirit is about God. So much that as a shepherd as he was sitting there, when things happened to his ship, he would fight for his ship. He would have faith that he can defeat a bear. He would have faith that he can defeat a lion, which he did. And he would sit down and begin to write these things to say, the Lord is my strength. Everything I do, everything I'm, I can possibly do, that strength, I get it from being connected to God. The Lord is my strength. When I go through hard times, the Lord is my strength. He's my shield. When things are attacking me, when things are coming against me, I know He's my shield. He says, My heart trusts in Him. My heart is so trustful to God, and I am helped. Every time I trust in God, help comes. Every time I trust in God, help comes. Every time I don't lose my trust, I have a reward. My heart leaps for joy. See, see, when I'm held, my heart, I begin to leap with joy. I have a God on my side. I begin to leap with joy. And I will give thanks to him in a song. I begin to give thanks to him in a song, which is what the worshipers do. I want to give thanks to him in a song and give him glory and shout and praise him because I'm so joyous for all the things he's done for me. I'm so joyous for all the things he's still going to do for me. So he wasn't lying. He wasn't painting a picture he doesn't know. And I want to close with this story. Let's go to 1 Samuel 30 verse 1. And this is David. First Samuel 30, verse 1. So, so David become, became an, an anointed person because of his belief in God. And God put him into, into the power and, and was the second man, hand man, a second hand. Oh, no, second hand. Second man to, 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 to soul. 
and, and he had a pulse and, and everybody was praising him. But Saul get, got jealous of him because, you know, some of you are going to be lifted up and there are going to be people who are so jealous about you that they will try and knock you down. But this is what I was asking. Are we a, a, a believers that, 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 that lose faith in God because of our situation? Or are we like David? He's tested what it is to be a king. Half a king, should I say. He's next to the king. He's tested how it is to be praised by nations. He's, he's a mighty man of God. He's a mighty soldier. And suddenly the very person he's working with begins to chase him. And he runs away. And begins to live in the caves. That's, what not God, that's, that's not what God set me for. That's not what God set you for. And many of us can relate to that because the places we reach where we know that we say, this is not what God set me for. And he is, he doesn't lose his faith. And the Bible says, he had a king who, 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 who was an enemy to the Israelites, but he had favor with David. And, and, and when they were fighting, David would follow them behind. And the Philistines would say, no, this is, this is Saul's man. How can he follow us when we're fighting? He's going to change his mind and kill us all. Take him out of the way. We don't want him around us. And this king decided to give them the land of Zetlag. And David and his, and his followers stayed in Zetlag. But this is what happened. When, when, when he went trying to go to war with these people, they chased him back. They said, no, go back to the land we've given you. We don't want you to follow us. So they were going back with the soldiers to where their families are in the land of Ziklag that they were given. And David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Nefgad and Ziklag. They attacked Ziklag and bent it down. Hey, the person you trust has chased you. The enemy gives you a piece of land and you are attacked in it. And your family is taken away. Verse 2. And they taken captive of the women and all who were in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on to their way. Verse 3. When David and his men came to Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire. And their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Verse 4. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength to left to weep anymore. So, so the first reaction, our first reaction to problem is to cry. Hello? Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I don't know how many of you can. Our first reaction to trouble is to cry. Why me? Uso be gumeni ngani kosi kuto ay 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 ay. Sengzuile. They cried until they could weep no more. You've never cried until you can weep no more. They cried. The men were crying until they could weep no more. There was no more energy. Verse 5. 
That's the effects of our trials and tribulations. The effects of our trials and tribulations make us cry. They affect us in a big way because the devil is trying to steal away our strength and our faith. So, David's two wives had been captured. Ahmenia of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of, the, of Nabal of Carmel. His wives had gone. Verse 6. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking amongst to stone him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters, but David found strength in the Lord. So when they cried and they could not cry no more, and they came to a point where they said, okay, you know what? We've got to find somebody to blame. This David, this David, let's stone him. Let, let, let's kill David now because he's the one who brought us to this situation. And how many of us look for somebody to blame at a time of difficulty? I got to blame somebody. I got to blame somebody. I, I don't have money for petrol today. Why? Because Pastor Susan, you, you took my 200 rands last week. It's you. It's you who took my 200 rands last week. No, no, that 200 rands wouldn't help a bit. <laughs> but we want to find somebody we can blame. So whenever attack was coming against a person who's blamed, whenever attack was coming against you and there's so much weight on your life, you look right to see your children waiting for you to do something for them. You look left to see your mother waiting for you to do something for them. But the situation you are in is impossible for anything. Where do you get your strength? The Bible says, but David found strength in the Lord. He is God. He couldn't be like everybody else because he was an anointed man of God. An anointed woman of God was always going to find strength in the Lord. Every weak point in your life, when you want to wake up or stand up from it, you've got to find strength in the Lord. You've got to find strength in the Lord. You've got to find your God. You've got to begin to pray. Begin to call him. And find strength in the word of God. What is the promises of God of your life in your situation? What is God saying about your life in your situation? So, just like David had wrote in Psalm 28 that the Lord is his strength. He meant it. So in verse 7, in verse 7, David said to Ab Abitha, he was a priest, the son of Amalek, bring me the ephod. The priest always wears an ephod. They wore an ephod, a garment, or oh, it's a plate that they wore when they wanted to speak to God. It, it was a piece of, of sanctification. There was no blood of Jesus then. So they wear that in order to speak to God. So he says, bring me the ephod. And, and Abita brought it to him. Verse 8. And David said, Inquire of the Lord. Now, sometimes people think that David wore the ephod. He, he wanted the priest to pray. He said, I want you to pray with the ephod on you. And this is what I want you to do. Inquire from the Lord. 
and David said, inquire of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. So he prayed for an answer. And God answered and said, pursue them. Stand up from your mourning. Stand up from your crying. And pursue. Stand up from your mourning and your crying. And begin to pursue your dream. Pursue it. Don't, don't, don't lose your strength. Don't give up. Pursue it. Pursue your dream. Pursue your plans. And, and, and surely you'll succeed. And that's the way that came from the Lord. And if God said it to David, he's saying it to you. Pursue it. Pursue it and you'll catch it. Verse 8. Verse 9, sorry. And David and the 600 men with him came to the bosom of Ravine where some stayed behind. Verse 10. For 200 men were too exhausted to, to, to cross the ravine. But David and 400 men continued the pursuit. See, it's not about the numbers, but the prayer. They found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. They gave him water to drink and food to eat. So they're pursuing and, and God makes them bump into this Egyptian man. And then they bump into him and, they, and he's dying. He's, he's going off. And, and, and this is the power of giving. When, when you're pursuing your dreams, don't ignore the people that are around you. When you're pursuing your dreams, look at somebody that you can help so you can be helped. When you're pursuing something, always fish for somebody who you, whom you can help for you to be helped by God. Give somebody something that you can afford to give because God will give you greater because he's seeing your vision. So imagine if they'd ignored this person. If they'd passed with the soldiers, 400 men, and saw this person that had just passed and they left him, they would have missed their destiny. Somebody has to hear me. If they'd ignored this person, they would have missed their destiny. But they stopped and fed him with water and gave him food. Verse 12. Part of the cake of, was prayers of figs and two cakes of raisin. He ate and was revived. For he had not eaten any food or drink in water for, for three days and three nights. Verse 13. David asked him, to whom do you belong and where do you come from? And he said, I'm an Egyptian, the slave of an Amorite. My master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. Verse 14. He raided the Negev of, of, of the Kerethites and the territory belonging to Judah and the Negev of Caleb and we burned Ziklag. Whoa! We fed you <laughs> and now we found information. Wow, if I had passed you, I wouldn't have had this information. Now you've got information. So David continues and says, God, I'm grateful for this man you put in my path. Verse 14. 15, sorry. David asked him, can you lead me down to this raiding party? 
And he answered, Swear to me before God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master and I will take you down to them. I know where they are. Verse 16. He laid David down there and they were scattered over the countryside, eating and drinking and revering because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of Philistine and from Judah. The enemy, they, they were feasting, they were celebrating. They, they think they had conquered David. They think they destroyed David's life. They were feasting and looking, look at our plunder. Look, look what we've done to so and so. Look what we've done to so and so. When all the demonic powers are laughing at you, look what we've done to so and so. Look what we've done to so and so. God will make people in your path that will raise you up and take you to a place you've never been before. Because the, the Bible says that He uh, will put you on a table in the presence of your enemies so David comes in verse 17 David fought from dusk until evening he fought I found you and I'm going to get back what I want with my 400 men and you are a big army but I got 400 men but we're going to fight you and, then, and if they had a big army, it had been two seconds. But there were few. So they fought for a long time from until evening of the next day. And none of them got away. Except for 400 men. Who blah, blah, who ran away. Verse 18. David recovered everything. The Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. You see... When those two gunmen came, we didn't cry. We prayed and we recovered everything. David recovered everything because his strength was in the Lord. Our strength is in the Lord. So I was, I was joking with Pastor Susan. I'm saying those guys who, who came with guns here, they... they, they, they Pillar, they, they're supposed to be going to court. They're supposed to be sentenced. But they haven't been sentenced. How long have they been in prison before sentence? They're spending Christmas in prison. Court only opens in February. I'm sure wherever they are, they're saying, hey, for it. <laughs> if we went to the wrong place, yes. Because we're not the type that gives up on our trust in God. Our strength is in the Lord. Let's give God the glory. Let's give God.